Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. It was probably not until a year and a half after I first started making Sense of Sense that I actually told people that I was a blogger. So I was actually an anonymous blogger in the beginning. It definitely all changed once I realized, huh, like maybe I can turn this into a full-time job. And two years after I started making Sense of Sense, I put in my two-month notice at my day job and I actually decided to become a full-time blogger. From Milo, it's Freelance to Founder where we tell the real stories of freelancers and solopreneurs who've scaled their businesses to something much bigger than themselves. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. On today's show, episode number two in season three, a new graduate in the finance industry turns her anonymous side hustle financial blog into a seven-figure business. No, she didn't take a six steps to blogging freedom masterclass. This is the story of Michelle Schroeder-Gardner and Making Sense of Sense. We talked to her about how she launched the blog, what made it work so well for her when so many other bloggers don't make much money at all, and how she's managed to keep growing her business through assistance and other contributors. Before we get rolling, a few words from the sponsors that make Freelance to Founder happen. Season 3 of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. FreshBooks recently released some major updates to better help you scale your business. From super fast invoice creation to automatic client reminders and lots of other cool features, FreshBooks is the number one choice for lots of our listeners and readers. In fact, this season, you'll hear from freelancers and solopreneurs just like you who have used FreshBooks to manage and scale their business. Real people who are running real businesses and using FreshBooks to do it. To try the all-new FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. 
You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. 10 years ago, did you know any full-time bloggers? Almost none of us knew it was an available option in terms of ways to make a living. We've come a long ways since then, but the term blogger still bristles plenty of people. It sounds less formal, less structured, and depending on your expertise and what you choose to write about, maybe even too risky to be taken seriously. Just a few years back, Michelle Schroeder Gardner would have agreed with you on all of those points. I caught up with her from her RV while she was in Las Vegas, Nevada. Where were the seeds first planted with Michelle to monitor her finances so closely and then ultimately write about it? Here's what she had to say. So I would say my childhood was pretty normal. Uh, my dad worked at the, at the airport for uh, TWA and American Airlines eventually. And then my mom was more of a housewife, took care of us as kids. Um, they divorced when we were young. So my mom and us kids moved to Chicago cause that's where she had family. Um, I definitely learned money from them. Uh, as in my dad was really good with money. So I learned like how to manage credit, um, how to manage money and how to save money and make more money from him. Did he make a great income working at the airport or, um, he was just a really good saver, uh, since he, he worked for the airport because he loved planes and traveling. So I learned a lot about uh, saving money for travel and how life experiences are important and stuff like that. Um, so he taught me how to manage my money better so that I could enjoy life more. 
she has a father who's carefully teaching her about how to handle her money, and she's one focused young woman. That's a powerful combo. So she goes on to college, where Michelle earns two business degrees, gets a job as a financial analyst for Spell, then goes back to school to get her MBA in finance. And that's where it all comes together. While I was getting my finance finance MBA, I actually started making sense of sense, but it was all just a hobby. So I had no idea that blogs could even make money, that people turn this into like a whole blogging business or anything like that. I started my blog just as a way to talk about my financial progress and to just be in the personal finance community. I found a personal finance blog and I was reading their comments and all of their comments were from other financial bloggers. And I just thought it was so interesting that all these people just got together and talked about money freely. And then after about six months of starting, after I started making sense of sense, I received my first advertising contact and they offered to pay me $100 for a small advertisement on my blog. And then it pretty much all just grew from there. Um, I really loved blocking, so being able to make money from it was definitely a no-brainer. So many bloggers now launch their sites with instant expectations of monetizing. They go into it with so much stress put upon themselves, wanting to earn money from their blogs right out of the gates. I met two great women at a conference who had just launched their blogs within the past month or two before the conference, and they were already a bit stressed out about how to start monetizing after only 30 days. But where did the motivation come from for Michelle? So the motivation was just to be in the personal finance community. I saw these people who were writing about money and how um, their lives were changing because they were being more open about their money situation. So I just wanted to openly talk about my money situation, kind of work through it out loud, sort of like a journal or diary, and then being able to have the community behind you to help you with what you should do and um, just learning their new ideas really helps me when it came to my financial situation. Since I started my blog as a hobby in the beginning, I really didn't feel that same, those same stressors that other people probably felt. I wasn't, I didn't really have a goal with my blog. It was pretty much just a way to have fun. So I didn't put any timelines or schedule or have a to-do list for it or anything. I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, I learned things that I wanted to learn when I wanted to. As focused and determined as Michelle is, going this more low-key blog-for-fun route is her first big lesson. We've had a few bloggers on Freelance to Founder, and they've taken different tacks to get where they are today. What worked for Michelle is this. Um. So since blogging is so new, I mean, there's no like textbook that tells you how to start a blog or anything like that that's official or anything. Um, So I mean, my top tip for people who are interested in starting a blog and eventually possibly turning into a blogging business would be to start it on the side like I did. Um, Don't rely on it for your full-time income in the beginning. Start a blog on the side in your free hours. Uh, Work on it when you can. And um, this way you can build up an income, you can build up an audience base, you can see what will work, what will not work, if you even like blogging. Um, That definitely takes a lot of the fear away, I think. Eventually, Michelle throws in the towel on that day job after a couple of years. And you know how when you leave a job, everyone wants to know what you're moving on to? While Michelle shares how exhilarating it was to finally call it a day and resign, there's also that one little secret I teased at the beginning of the show that made this particularly interesting for her. So it was definitely weird, especially since I didn't 
I really couldn't share what I was about to do. They didn't know about my blog. I mean, I was an anonymous blogger for almost the whole time I, uh, since when I started it until I decided to leave my day job, I was anonymous almost that whole time. So no one really knew about my blog. So I think that made it weirder, but definitely something I do not regret. Best decision ever for sure. So why was Michelle anonymous? Why go that route? There's surprisingly a lot of anonymous financial bloggers, and I think that's because, one, it's probably they don't want their coworkers and their employers to find out, but two, it's because they can talk about money more freely. Um, they can talk about their personal financial situation without um, like their family or friends finding out about it. They can uh, just be more open, and that's pretty much why I did it, so I could talk about money without um, anyone that I know knowing about it. But when I think back about it, um, I feel money shouldn't be as taboo as it is. I mean, um, people are so afraid to talk about money and I feel like that's why a lot of financial bloggers start out anonymously because they're worried about what people will think in the real world. Um, but now I just don't care. I share everything on the blog. <laughs> the bigger and bigger something gets, it's harder to remain anonymous. And that was the case with Michelle and making sense of sense. She was found out. But if you're wondering if this caused a panic attack for Michelle, uh, it didn't. One day, my husband was at work, and I went to go visit him for lunch or something, and one of his coworkers knew that there was a blog. I can't remember how he found out, but he was like, I'm going to find it one day. And um, like two days later, he ended up finding it, and he told me, he was like, I found it. And he was the first one to find it and the first person to actually read it. And I was like, oh, my God, no, like, don't read it. It's I'm anonymous. And then he's actually what caused me to tell everyone. So I was like, well, one person knows. So I guess I just have to tell everyone now. Before, I wouldn't even share, like, what my day job was just because it was uh, – there weren't very many people who did it. And I was definitely one of the only females in the United States that did it. So I didn't share, like, my career openly either. So it was just difficult to be anonymous. Um, some people can do it, but I feel like long term it would be very difficult to keep it up. With her anonymity no longer standing in the way, it was time to buckle down and kick things up a notch. After the break, you're going to hear some hard-hitting practical advice from Michelle on getting started with a blog. They're still relevant, and you can still make great money with them. But take heed to her advice. Season 3 of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs like me, you, and Patricia. My name is Patricia LaCroix. I'm from Chicago. My company is LaCroix Creative. Before switching to FreshBooks, Patricia's invoicing process was a complete nightmare. Before switching to FreshBooks, I was just using a planner to keep track of my hours. And then I'd use a calculator and an InDesign document to invoice people. And I have to tell you, that was painful. If your invoicing process sounds a lot like Patricia's and you're ready to do it the right way, the headache-free way, then you can try the all-new FreshBooks free for 30 days by visiting freshbooks.com FTF and entering FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. 
This season is also sponsored by Storyblocks. Have you ever been in the middle of a client project, your client has gone over scope and over budget, and getting the right visual elements for the project will take some kind of miracle? Well, Storyblocks brings you over 400,000 photos, vectors, textures, and icons, all for one super low annual price. Plus, for freelance to founder listeners, you'll get seven days free by visiting storyblocks.com founders. That's seven days free access to almost half a million quality photos, vectors, textures, and icons. Visit storyblocks.com slash founders. Now enjoy the rest of this episode of Freelance to Founder. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we explored how Michelle Schroeder Gardner launched Making Sense of Sense as an anonymous blog. But there came a time when she was ready to turn to the website as a full-time endeavor. And that plan was further fueled by a co-worker of her husband discovering which blog was hers. Let's learn about how she stays on top of a seven-figure blog. What kind of routine does it take? What kind of love for writing? So when I first started making sense of sense, um, I don't know why, but I wrote like a ton. I would write every single day, sometimes twice a day, um, just because they were all very short. Um, they weren't like corrected for grammar or spelling or anything like that. They were just me writing my financial thoughts out and publishing them as a blog post. Um, over time, though, I've definitely decreased it. I used to write Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Now I write Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday is usually a guest post or an interview on my blog. Um, so I've definitely decreased it over time. I really like the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes every other Friday schedule a lot more. So she's publishing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with guest posts slotted at specific moments in that routine. But the other challenge many bloggers face is how far ahead of the curve they want to get, how far in advance a post is written versus when it's published. Michelle has some lessons from that as well. Probably for the first few years, I was writing articles the night before or maybe a few nights before. And it was really stressful to do that because if anything came up, I mean, that would wreck me being able to publish it on the day I want to publish it. Um, so I think after a few years or months of uh, really being stressed out by uh, having to publish something the very next day, I decided I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to sit down, uh, try to batch write about a month or two's worth of blog posts so that in the future, I can only write when I want to. Um, that's definitely been the best decision ever. Right now, I'm like a month and a half ahead, and I definitely want to be back to three months ahead. If you assume two to three posts per week, and she's ahead of the curve by even just a month ahead, that's a great backlog of posts ready to roll, a great buffer. So what's her typical day like now? So the average week or the average day is I usually walk uh, our bigger dog like four to five miles a day. Um, I will work on and off like throughout the day. Um, but usually if we we're in Vegas right now, so it's like really too hot to do anything. But if <laughs> if we were somewhere else, I mean, we would try to explore some kind of national park that was nearby, go on a hike with the dogs. Uh, yeah, we just try to explore as much as we can while still working, at least a little bit, of course. <laughs> Since I'm ahead in content, I don't really have to write. Um, 
as much as uh, probably the average blogger does. Um, just recently, I, I went like a whole like six weeks without writing a single blog post, uh, which felt like really weird. And it was really hard to get back into writing the next one after that. But yeah, so I just get in these writing moods and I'll write like six blog posts in one week or something like that. Then I might not write for a few weeks after that. Being a full six weeks ahead of your publishing schedule has to be like nirvana for bloggers. Feels like walking a beagle on a Sunday afternoon. You've got time. You can take any detour you want. Life is good. When you get to a point when you can begin outsourcing certain activities, life gets even better, Michelle says. Um, I definitely think outsourcing is important. Um, some of the things I outsource include um, like the editing. So I write all of my blog posts, but I mean, I used to read them like 50 times in order to make sure that they looked okay. So I save a lot of time by I just write it once. I will read through it, see if I need to add anything, but I just send it immediately over to my editor and she fixes it, make sure it's uh, formatted correctly, like sounds nice and everything like that. Another thing I outsource is technical management. So someone makes sure that there's always daily backups, that everything's running. If something goes wrong, I can email him and he'll fix it like within 10 minutes usually. And that's definitely a cost that's great because I don't have to worry about improving technical skills or having any in the first place. Um, And then I also have a virtual assistant who does like whenever a new blog post is published, she helps me promote it on different things. So I don't have to be on the computer right when it's published. She'll share it to Facebook, Twitter and so on for me. And that's definitely a great thing. And she also helps me out with my email. Um, So those are all tasks that I highly value because they don't necessarily need me to do them. Instead, it's Uh, just a lot of time and I'm not an expert in any of those areas. So having someone else do it for me saves me a ton of time. It allows me to focus more of my time on other areas of the business. When I talk to people who've turned their hobby or side project or freelance work into something that gets them to a level of financial independence, I always like to know what little secrets fuel them that they see others ignoring or not giving enough credence to. With bloggers, it always seems to be about the content. But is it? What's Michelle's one little thing? That one thing would definitely be uh, networking with other bloggers. So many people see other bloggers as competition um, and they might try to like steal an advertiser from them, take their audience, copy a blog post or something like that. Like when I first started blogging, since it was all just a hobby, um, I was looking to make friends with other financial bloggers and other bloggers in general. So I'm just forming natural friendships with everyone was very important to me because that's what I wanted. That's why I started a blog. Um, So I always tell people like network with other people, go to meetups, attend like blogging conferences, form real relationships with other bloggers because you can learn a lot from them. Um, You can help them. They can help you um, and so on and so on. There's just so much value in having a blogging friend. I don't know. That's some pretty good stuff, Michelle. She's convinced blogging is not flatlining, let alone dying anytime soon. And you may think that your space is too crowded or your niche is too broad. But here's the thing. Blogs come and go. Their founders start them. They leave them to wither away. They change gears and pivot to address new topics. Things change. There's room for everyone. Um, Everyone has a different story. And this is why I also say that everyone should kind of blog about something that they're passionate in um, because if you're passionate in it then that sets you apart from everyone else there's no need for competitiveness readers will want you and your writing um, especially over like a generic personal finance website where 
there's nothing interesting on it. Um, you definitely want to find a way to set yourself apart from others. And as long as you do that, there's room for everyone. Well, with two business degrees in her hip pocket, an MBA with an emphasis in finance, and six to seven years of successful blogging under her belt now, what does she even say she does for a living? What does any blogger tell people they do for a living? You know, like the muggles of the world, the non-bloggers, what do they hear about what you do? Um, some people think it's a little weird. Um, since we're RVers, the average RVers are uh, significantly older than us. So they don't really, they had never, most of them have never even heard of the term blogger. So, I mean, that's confusing all in itself. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. I don't know. One day, hopefully it'll change. Um, I'm fine with calling myself a blogger. Um, I know some people don't like that, but I mean, that's what I am. I, I would like to have... I would like to change people's mindset on what a blogger is and so that it's not negatively seen. And that, my friends, is Michelle Schroeder-Gardner of MakingSenseOfSense.com. You can find her there or in her Facebook group of the same name. Who knows where she is physically today when you listen to this. I caught her in her new residence, an RV she and her husband bought and now call home as they travel across the land. What an interesting life. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, will you head on over to ye old iTunes store to give us a review? You in the denim and you with the bracelets on, take just a few minutes, would you? We'd love your rating and commentary to help us improve the show. And coming up next episode, Michael O'Neill, the effervescent host of the wildly popular Solopreneur Hour podcast. He just drops truth bombs like this. If you really understand the landscape of social media and the psychology of sales, you should be able to take something you know and something you love and make some money from it. For Preston and the rest of the Milo team, I'm Brandon Hull. Thanks for listening to our show. We'll catch you next time.